All right, let's get the show started. Let's get it started. Um. Oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Nice start. Sam, I wanted to check in with you mm. about breadth of the breadth of breadth. I keep saying breadth of the wild, like how broad the wild is. That makes more sense yeah. in my mind. Considering I've not played it at all, except for that one time I tried to ride a horse. Consider, <laughs> considering the game is about like exploration and, it's quite broad, and going right? around. It is, yeah. yeah. It's like a huge map. Yeah, I haven't gotten to the part where there's actually like a breath of the wild. <laughs> Didn't notice any like noticeable gusts of wind that actually carry you across to different parts of the map. Oh, like in Super Mario World. Right, exactly. The little flute. I'm so excited for the SNES Classic which I think was announced a couple of weeks ago. That was announced. So they're getting rid of the NES Classic. Which now makes a little more sense. People were like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And I still, I mean, they still think it's dumb. Like, if it's selling so well, why'd you get rid of it? Right. I just think that whatever they're going to make with the SNES Classic, mm. you'll still be able to buy the NES games from it. Although it's probably only the Nintendo-owned games. Yeah. Like, probably, like... Well, people Super have Super hacked Super the NES version. Oh, yeah. And so they've been entering their own ROMs and stuff like that, their own games into it. So I feel like this is going to be totally doable with the, with the SNES version as well. Yeah. Interesting. In the UK, we just called it SNES. Oh, really? Yeah. SNES. Yeah. In, in Asia, we call it Super Famicom. Yeah. SNES. Like, that is not a catchy title. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, SNES, also a stupid word. But. To be fair, I feel like in America, people called it Nintendo. They didn't really call it... I called it an SNES. It transcended versioning. Uh, but I'm excited for this. This is something I might actually get online for or pay someone to get online for for me when it comes out. <laughs> so when you think of SNES... Can we get some interns for this? <laughs> it will be in- intern season, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is this the show interns? <laughs> um, although oh, our They interns- can do this fucking setup every week. That'd be great. <laughs> Plugging in all this shit. Oh no, we forgot this adapter. Really? Oh. Plugging in is like the easy part. Like the production mm-hmm. is... The- <laughs> the oh shit that's the thing i need help with <laughs> yeah. oh my god that's so true yeah okay <laughs> i was focusing on the wrong problem area such an engineer if you think about snes like what is the game that you're thinking about playing like what do you want to play on the snes i want to play mario 3 and super mario world mario 3 is nes oh fuck it is isn't it super mario world yeah is SNES. i suppose i think about it as an snes game because i it came with the uh in the bundled all four in one what? cartridge at least, in, uh, yeah, we had, there was a cartridge that had all four Marios on it. So you could play one, two, three, and four in my, in my youth. Maybe I'm misremembering that. No, I'm I pretty think, sure. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> SNES wasn't backward compatible. No, but they put all four games on one cartridge. I've looked this up now because otherwise memory, sweet memories of my childhood are corrupt. Or fake. <laughs> Fabricated. <laughs> you, oh, you're God. not real. Oh, fuck. It's an episode of Black Mirror. Which, okay, sort of speaking, which you need to get back on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, no. I have completely changed my mind. Sam has got so good. I mean, you can't see episodes? How many episodes until it gets good? So I've watched the ending of that one season where you see... The mid-season of Ghost Rider. Oh, I yeah, I haven't watched any of the Ghost Rider. So right before Ghost Rider, Rider started, I haven't even seen Ghost Rider. No, of course <gasps> not. I'm not going to watch that. We did a whole shit. wait. We did a whole episode about Ghost Rider. Yeah, which you we seen agree it. that I haven't watched it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why would you watch Agents of Shield for Ghost Rider? 
if I if I can read the runes hmm. correctly, I think Ghost Rider's coming back at the end. Oh fuck! No, and I think it's gonna be good. Anyway, okay, so wait, let's backtrack from our conversational topics here. Here's a shield. SNES. SNES. Oh yes, corrupt memories not being real. Yep. Westworld. Wait, what? Well, because Westworld, like, am I real? Am I a robot? Oh, I see. With these memories of my childhood Mario playing, mm. fake. Am I really? Am I really a mistress of this you're brothel? Really, you're really a sex robot. That's what you are, Edwin. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to kind of catch up on Breath of the Wild because okay. Our original it's been wild. Topic. Yeah, right. Yeah. P- pulling it way back, bringing it back onto course. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yep. It seems like some of the hype has died down. Yep. And I just kind of wanted to check in with you. And just to get a little bit more yeah. rational mm-hmm. or like reasoned thoughts about it and if you're still so playing it and stuff like that. I'm not I'm probably not gonna do a story mode episode on it. Oh because it's too late. Well no. <laughs> I think the beauty of story mode is that it's not really <gasps> time related. <laughs> um You mean it's not really you playing it for the first time? No, it is. It is me playing it for the oh, first well, time. Well, you've already played it, so it's too late. No, no, no. I recorded it. I remember my oh. reactions. I record my reactions as well on oh. a separate track, so that I know exactly what I'm feeling. I can go back to it, listen to myself playing it. Wow. Okay. Uh, oh, and well, then I write my system. commentary on it. But <clears throat> so here's the thing. I think what really works well in story mode is when there's a lot of dialogue. There's lots of sound effects. Um, there's sort of you know cutscenes that actually tells a story along with the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of Zelda Breath of the Wild is that it's very minimal in like the best way possible. I found it. Mm. Sorry. Okay. I know. <laughs> it was Super Mario All-Stars. Do you remember this? Yeah, but that's a completely different game. No. That's a board game. No. Wait, what? It's like a board game thing. No, no, no. No, no, no. It, uh, it contains enhanced remakes of Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels, and Super Mario World. I see. Uh, that's what I'm thinking of, and that was released in December 1994. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay, good. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going crazy. It does exist. Okay. And it wasn't a board game. That scared me for a second. <laughs> I might be thinking of Super Mario Party, the first one, oh. which did come out on the SNES, I believe. So I think this kind of was like... One of the options that get bundled in with mm. the SNES when you first bought it. Gotcha. Super Mario All Stars. Okay. Mm. Okay. Good. All right. My memories are true. <laughs> I'm not a sex robot. <laughs> so back to Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I was saying that it is minimalist in the best way possible. So, and I've recorded it. And normally, like games take about twenty minutes, ten minutes, if you're lucky, before it actually puts you into the world and start playing. Mm. In Zelda Breath of the Wild, it's like introduction. There's just a bit of voiceover that says wake up, which also amazing that they're actually using voices rather than just text and like the weird gibberish speak that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're in there playing the game in six minutes. So brief intro, you're controlling the character six minutes. That's it. And <clears throat> to me, like, it's like the best representation of the original Zelda game, like the very first Zelda game, um, where you start this game, it just does like Legends of Zelda, and then boom, you're on like this map, and you sort of have to figure out what you're doing. What's the name of those type of games? Is it like a sandbox? Sandbox um, games that like world. It? where you're just like kind of do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, it's they call it open world game right now, kind of sandbox. Yeah, 
most of the sandbox games that are really good these days are sort of a reaction to the overcomplications that happen when you're overly producing this like catered linear experience, right? And it doesn't feel like that with Zelda for some reason. And I think the reason why is they really got back to the roots of what that original Zelda game is. Mm. And to me, like, that's really important because like when you notice it like all throughout the game, like um, there's this great, like the music is so understated, but it's really simple and it's like, always brought in at the right moments. And if you think about it, like it's almost like a representation of the original bit music that they used. I'm saying like if they actually had the resources back then to do this, it probably would have been just a piano playing. And that's what it is in this game. It's just like this piano right. playing a single melody throughout everything. But it's so it, it accompanies you in the best way possible. Um, and just like the way that that is, the way that you experience things and like um, discover things is feels like the original Zelda where like you'd just be walking. It's like this really difficult area, but somehow you get through it. But then, oh my God, there's just another part of the story that I can actually do. Um, but those parts of the stories are actually so well-crafted that it takes you on this really good adventure. And I think that's what this game does really well. Mm. Do you have to... <clears throat> how are you doing with the story? Like, are you digging into the story? Do you have to like find what yeah, to do next? Yeah, it's sort of a mystery sort of like a, because mm. you woke up, you wake up without really a memory, but there's this expectation of you that's built with all the people saying like, oh, you're that guy, right? And oh, so... Must be like Harry Potter. <laughs> It's exactly like Harry Potter. Um, but the other thing that's really neat about it, and this goes back to like the way that it connects itself to the original game, is at some point, like, you know, they tell the story of like the original occurrences of this time that you fought this bad guy, right? And when they do that, you know, it, it shows like this old drawing, you know, and like this, it looks like an ancient, almost like a Mayan drawing. But when you look at it, you're like, oh my God, like if I squint my eyes, like this Mayan drawing is actually looks like the pixel art from the original Zelda game. Oh, that's nice. And the way that they did that, yeah. I thought it was like, like so fucking clever. Like I was going nuts. Um, so you're still playing it? I'm still playing it. I haven't gone as far as I want to because I just don't have time to play it. Mm, but yeah. because it's on the Switch and I can play it on the bus and it's handheld and I can play it anytime, it's super convenient that I'm, I'm still continuing to play it. Do you have a pet fox? No, not yet. I think someone does at some point. Yeah. This is always what I know. Pets, yeah. Which is awesome. Do you have a horse? I, I have two horses. Check you out. Horses. Horses. We're quite the stable owner. <laughs> so it's still good. Um, what's next? Like, when is the next big game coming out? When is Super Mario Kart coming? So I do want to play a game with you. Oh, okay. Um, and it's quite... Uh, by happenstance that we talked about Puyo Puyo last week. Ah, my favorite chicken-based matching game. <laughs> because yesterday, or the, like this week, they launched Puyo Puyo Tetris Fusion, which is... Wait, there's a lot going on in that sentence. So, <laughs> okay. it's a versus game. I can play the Puyo Puyo version, you can play the Tetris version, and as we're solving the puzzles, we're fighting each other. We can both play Tetris... We can both play Puyo Puyo, but uh, yeah, it's like this great... So, I haven't played it yet. Maybe we can video record it. Oh, shit. Now we're getting fancy. Sam, hit me with the topic. <clears throat> so, you gave me some homework. You told me to listen to... Well, actually, you told me to listen to all of Dubai Friday. <laughs> 
I'm actually Twitter friends with Max Temkin. We'll check you out. Twitter friends in the loosest term. He has followed me back. That's what that's, I mean. That's quite uh, that's impressive though. That means a lot in the Twitter sphere. <laughs> so Dubai Friday. You know, I'm trying to think how I came across it. I may have come across this or from the ads in Overcast. Yeah. Because despite being a premium subscriber, I've turned on the ads because you're the best premium user ever. Well, because I wanna I mean it's quite an interesting just from a podcast industry point of view, this is just a really interesting experiment that Marco's doing to have uh, banner ads for podcasts in a podcast player. And I'm truly genuine in saying that because I work in monetization. <laughs> right. For a product that has a both premium and free tier. <laughs> yes. That's very meaningful to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, in case you don't know, when you do use Overcast and you are a premium user, uh, you can go into the settings and turn on ads and you get a little banner ad at the bottom for podcasts kind of related to the category of show you're currently listening to. Which is actually really nice, and it's a quite an awesome way of finding out about new shows. But um, so I think I found a couple of episodes, a couple of shows through this, and I think Dubai Friday, I think, is one of them. Dubai Friday is a show that is hosted by Max Temkin, uh, who I think is famous from his Cards Against Humanity game, which you may have played at parties or otherwise around or in his the world. Newer game, Secret Hitler. Oh which yes, is a smash hit. Yeah. Um, there's Alex Cox. She also works at Cards Against Humanity. Uh, and then there is Merlin Mann, who is generally like a podcast guy that kind of crops up a lot. I think previously he was famous for like productivity things. He had 43folders.com. And I think he kind of pioneered the Inbox Zero productivity tool for email management. Yeah, that's where I first knew him from. It was from 43 folders and talking about Inbox Zero. And he might have had like a podcast back in the day with some other people. Like I'm sure he's, yeah, he's had a lot of podcasts, but I first heard about him when he was talking about his life hacks mm. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the premise of uh, Dubai Friday is that each week they have a challenge, which can range from, you know, just really stupid things like buy your co-host something from Amazon for less than $20 mm. or slightly more in-depth things like... Uh, use your voice more for like Siri and automation or automate your home or what else did they do? Um, Cry was one of them. That was the most recent episode. Uh, So which episodes have you listened to? I've listened to the very first one. Okay. And the very last one? And the... No, I have to go in order. I can't jump around, especially with something like this. Um, And Mm. the Steve Jobs one. Yeah, so the second episode is the Steve Jobs one, which Max Temkin is not in, and that has like a totally different tone to it. So it's all really good, but it's not sort of indicative of how the show continues. I mean, I jumped in at the most recent episode, and then went back to one and came and worked my way through. Uh, oh man, I love the show. I am so jealous of the show. This is kind of the show I wish this show could would be if we were smarter and funnier, and still could be. So we can be. grow some funny, we did, funniness. We, <laughs> we did do like a try new things right back in the early shows. We did. Which then we kind of stopped doing. And like the challenge is just such a, this is just a really loose hook for the episode. Like the, most of the show, they're not really talking about the challenge. Um, the way they effortlessly segue between topics is quite enviable. Like they can do kind of quite heavy politics stuff. Um, it's kind of interesting to go back in time and listen to them like before the election end the election then post-election and then through to like just 
poop humor <laughs> stuff. Like, who doesn't oh love my God. poop humor though? Oh, this is so good. Um, yeah, I love this show. If you like this show, then thank you. You're crazy. But go listen to Do By Friday because it's like this show, but more. Right. I remember the day when you discovered this show because I can, it's probably the day where you sent me like 12 consecutive text messages. <laughs> Essentially with a lot of exclamation marks telling, telling me <laughs> they're like us, but better. <laughs> They're even doing things. <laughs> They're so funny. Uh, <laughs> they cover quite a bit of the same ground as we do. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, oh, wow. It's like looking in a mirror and it's seeing like... <laughs> a better looking version yes. of you. <laughs> uh, which is not to disparage the work we do on this show, which I'm very fond of. Well, this is... I still think that it's an opportunity for us to actually fine tune our, our show. But... Also, I think the format is very different. Well, format is kind of different. I feel theirs is a lot looser, but they're very used to speaking in a podcast format already. Like, I feel like they've been doing it for at least three years. Right. Does Max Temkin have other shows? I believe he does. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the sense that I get. And obviously, Merlin Mann is, has been doing podcasts for like 10 years now. Um, and so, like, I get it. Like, we'll get there. I have no doubt that we'll get there. I think... I think being able to do really good segues is much in the same. You're great at segues. Come on. Muscle. You are the king of segues. <laughs> but it's the same muscle of you being able to create puns on the fly. But it's a trained muscle. Like you sort of need to, you know. You have to go to the limber. pun gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the pun muscle. Well, I'm working on my own productivity hack and I'm going to become a productivity guru with my world famous soon to be world famous calendar one calendar one (laughs) we're still trying to uh promote as a thing i keep taking screenshots of your calendar when i try and schedule the show as a as a kind of a before shot (laughs) i want to i want a recording of your audible noises as you (laughs) look at my calendar (laughs) that's the problem like your calendar is now completely pointless because i'm like there's five things happening at 12 o'clock i'm just gonna put another one in there my calendar one, if you have not heard me talk about it before, is you can only be in one place at one time until, you know, the replicators get here. And because of that, you should only have one thing in your calendar at any one time. Mm. And I try and uh, go through my calendar. And in Gmail, I use G Calendar, Gmail mm-hmm. Calendar, G Calendar, Google Calendar. I don't decline invites. I remove them. So that declines and removes them from the from uh from the actual calendar itself oh cool so now i see i look down i'm like oh i have one thing happening and if i'm very lucky nothing happening so i can do actual work i think there's two things there like it's easy to see what's going on you go okay i've prioritized my meetings already and two people know you're not going to be turning up at meetings because i look at your calendar and i feel bad for all these people that schedule things and i feel they're just sitting around in empty rooms going is Sam going to be here? I don't know. <laughs> so there is a question. I would give you a hard time about your calendar for fun. But I, I am quite interested in like, how do you prioritize your time? Like, how do you manage your time when you, look, when you have a calendar that looks like yours? I do it on the day of or like the night before. Mm. And then I will try and get to calendar one of the following day, the day before. Um, and normally and usually it works out other days, like I'm actually included as an optional in those double book meetings and saying like, if you can make it just like pick your head in, that'd be great. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a believer in calendar one. I would like to get to calendar one. But the other part is because I have to do a lot of interviews, um, they need to find time. But at the same time, I do a lot of one-on-ones. And so if an interview is set over like a one-on-one, I can actually shift the one-on-one to a later time because the interviews are usually a little bit more important. Yeah. Yes, because they're like an external candidate. You're right. going to work with their schedule, mm-hmm. whereas maybe like a one-on-one, you ideally you don't reschedule, but you can kind of yeah, a bit, bit more flexibility if necessary. Yeah. And also, like, there's an understanding that I'm going through a special circumstance right now. I'm covering two tribes. You're very special, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and for people outside of Spotify, don't even bother understanding what yep. a tribe is. We have squads, tribes, alliances. Oh, yep. and so much more. And so much more chapters. missions, chapters, guilds. Flag bearers, drummer boys, <laughs> minute men, <laughs> and minute women because we like diversity. Minute, minute persons. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm proud that you are believing calendar one. We're spreading the gospel. <laughs> I'm going to go door to door from now on. Well, so is it really an innovation if it's kind of like, duh? <laughs> it's only duh when you know about it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to find, find someone else with a terrible calendar and I'm going to drop the calendar one bomb on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we'll see. I mean, everyone thinks inbox zero is obvious now, but someone had to think about it. No, but there's a, there's a methodology to it, right? Like there are certain things that you do to get to inbox zero and ways that you can compartmentalize. It's not just your select anxiety. all, delete. Yeah, well, which is what I do every once a month. <laughs> do you use inbox zero? I try to. I, I like every once every two months, I just like select all archive. <laughs> That's not really Inbox Zero. <laughs> because Inbox Zero is not just having zero emails. It's like you actually do the things required to manage email and reply to the people that are important. And Again, not. special circumstance. Okay. If I had actual desk time to sit down and actually get through Inbox, get to Inbox Zero by either forwarding, archiving, or doing those actions that actually gets me to the proper way of doing Inbox Zero. I'd totally do it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm not totally well-versed in the exactly what the, uh, the, the preaching of Inbox Zero is or the, uh, the actual um, I think it's very ideas. much similar to the GTD method. Because I think, I guess I use, the, the system I use is in the mornings, start with the oldest email, bring it up. If I, can, if I need to read it, and it takes me, if it's like a quick email to read, I'll read it. If it's not important or just not relevant, archive it. If I need to take a future action, this like takes me, you know, I need to, oh, this will take me five, maybe five minutes to construct a reply, then star it and archive it again and then move on. And then that kind of, kind of triage the inbox. Gotcha. And then you get to inbox zero and then the starred items are things that like, oh, I now have an hour free I can then go through, and I know these start emails are stuff that requires my actions or some of my time, and then I try and work through that. Of course, that's where the system falls down because I then forget about the start emails. I'm like, oh, come back next week. Like, oh, fuck, there's like 20 start emails here that I meant to reply to. So if you use Inbox by Google, there are ways to postpone it. I am really torn on Inbox. Yeah. There are some things thing. that I like about Inbox, some things that I like about regular Gmail. Um, my main beef 
with inbox is that I can't long swipe to delete. Mm, um, because some emails I just want to delete. But having said that, um, inbox is really great for being able to have your emails come back to you at a later time. So mm. you have the options of, oh, I want to see this an hour from now. I want to see this at 6 p.m. tonight or just send it back to me tomorrow. And that gets rid of it on that inbox. So on things like you said, right. I actually need time to look at this later or um, I don't need to look at it until tomorrow. You just postpone it until tomorrow. Mm, obviously, you can like defer. Yep. And I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Oh, I'm allergic to email. <laughs> So all this to say, go listen to Do By Friday. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, and it gets better as well. Like I listened to the most recent episode. They, mm. As soon as I've started listening to it, they've now not put out an episode since April 9th. <laughs> so I have, hope I haven't jinxed it. What have you done? But man, listen, that's, listen to that. So maybe I think this is a tactic I would say, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting, listen to the most recent episode. Except that there are going to be some in-jokes and stuff you don't understand. But... Give it 30 minutes and you pretty much get a flavor of it. It's fantastic. I was like, oh shit, this is a great show. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. Uh, and then finished that episode, went back to one, worked my way through. And yeah, it's great. There's also, you kind of need to be, to get all the jokes. I don't know if, if you're the kind of person that needs to understand every single joke, then there's probably some also like other podcasts you need to listen to, like in that podcast world. Because, um, Merlin Mann also has a show called Reconcilable Differences on Relay FM that he does with John Syracuse. John Syracuse also does a show called Accidental Tech Podcasts with Marco Arment and Casey Liss. Uh, and so like, there's this like, little sort of like podcasty world that they sort of reference. So if you are the kind of person that needs to care about getting all the jokes and understanding everything, then yeah. But I kind of already listened to these shows. So I'm like, okay, these are my people. Um, I think I faced the same thing starting with my brother, my brother and me, mm. which I'm now a huge fan of, but it's super hard to get into because they've got like 350 fucking episodes and like this whole like mythology and like in jokes and, <laughs> and mythos built up. And you're like, uh, well, I guess I'm just going to jump in. And now it's kind of one of my favorite shows, but mm. like that's taken six or seven months because <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm not going back to episode one and starting that, but yes. Maybe listen to that. Maybe that'll be your next... Actually, you should set me homework. I feel like I set you a lot of homework. We should do a reverse homework Yeah, this time. Yeah. I don't think... Whenever you, whenever you assign me homework, I take it very seriously. I think whenever I assign you homework, you're just like... Psh. When was the last time you assigned me homework? <laughs> Going through the list here. I mean, putting stuff... Okay. I think we should agree oh, actually, rules here because if you put stuff in the topics, that's not assigning homework. That's assigning a topic. Actually, yeah. Which I, I, I think which I have not. <laughs> but actually, now that you mentioned it, that's maybe a good thing. But if you explicitly assign me, assign me homework, I shall do it because, you know, I'm a SWAT. Mm. <laughs> have you listened to how I built this? I did. Ah, you did? Yep, I did. On have my, you listened to the Zumba episode? On my Sunday walk, I listened to the Power Rangers episode. Okay. Um, okay, well, geez, we've gone long on one topic so far. Yeah, okay. by Friday. Uh, definitely listen to it. I like it a lot. Your other recommendation? Not so much. This is Rabbits. This is Rabbits. Which is a, um, audio fiction, audio fiction, yep. fictional drama. Docudrama. docudrama. Audio, fictional docudrama. Yeah. Which is an oxymoron. <laughs> You're an oxymoron. <laughs> um, 
yeah, this show was recommended to me by a colleague at work. So I was like, okay, let's check it out. These are like totally outside my usual wheelhouse. Not F-O-T-S-D-P? No, no, not this time. (laughs) And this is totally out of my wheelhouse of usual shows, which is pretty much my shows are just two people talking. This is scripted. And so I thought, hey, what the hell, I'll check it out. It's uh, from Public Media Radio. They also do Black Tapes and Tannis, which were, I think, reasonably popular, reasonably popular in the last few years. Also fictional docudramas. Yeah, yeah. So the conceit of this is that you get uh, that there's a friend who's gone missing of the presenter, and she is involved with what they call it an alternative reality alternative reality game yeah. yeah so i mean like okay someone looking for a, someone trying to solve a mystery it's a solid if unoriginal premise yeah i think i maybe had the same feelings as you i listened to like two or three episodes i listened to one and a half first one. i think yeah i like the sound design is pretty nice um when the host Ah, whose name I'm forgetting. Carly Parker? Yeah. Something like that. Which might be a fictional name. I don't know. No. I'm not sure. Which is kind of good. You know, yeah. oh, well, it's a mystery. We'll find out. Uh, when she's narrating the show, I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. But then the acting starts. Oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I was, I mean, I was almost thinking like, is this deliberately bad? Like, is it? <laughs> Is like is that just like the weird world they're in, where like it's supposed to be stilted and awkward? Mm. Yeah, or I, is it just terrible? Because I guess as part of her investigations, she like makes some phone calls. Like quite a lot of it is just her talking. Uh, but then I think at the end of the first episode, and then maybe into the second, she sort of like finds some clues and calls some people, and that's when for me, the wheels kind of fall off a little bit. Yeah, and I totally felt the same way. I felt the narration was great. There was intrigue. She's speaking a little bit too slowly for my taste. Um, and I didn't want to, this wasn't, this didn't seem like the type of podcast where you actually speed up um, the audio because it <laughs> has like nice sound effects. Hovering yeah. over the one and a half X. And uh, yeah, and so the premise is like she's making calls to different people to find out about what happened to her friend. And as soon as she starts to talk to another person is when, like you said, the acting starts and when I sort of have lost a lot of interest. And it's not that the acting is bad. It's like the acting is so forced. Um, and the point is, it's a, I feel like they could have taken the approach of, oh, this is actually supposed to sound like a normal conversation. Yes. But it doesn't sound like a normal conversation at all. Yeah. Right? I think, yeah, I think they, they kind of fell between two stools. Yeah. The stool of like, not that kind of stool. Mm. <laughs> no. Oh God, I've ruined this. Yeah. Uh, the stool of like authentic conversation, mm. where there's like ums, ahs, all the stuff I have to edit out of this conversation. <laughs> People stuttering and not thinking about things. And then there's like the, the TV dialogue where everyone's like, snappy, quick. Knows exactly what to say. Yes, exactly. And then... And they do neither. Right. Or they try and do a little bit of both. So but it's just I have terrible. a feeling that we're actually spoiled with conversations from shows like um, S-Town and... But that's real. Like, I, I, I was trying to think of... No, but I feel like there's almost better acting in those shows <laughs> from the way that the questions are posed and the way that the, the interviewer actually allows the other people to speak. So... I don't know, and and I don't know. It might be the production of it, but 
Yeah, I was quite intrigued. And so I actually downloaded Homecoming, mm. which is the another, another fictional show, but from Gimlet, yeah, which was out late last year, which I never listened to. Did you listen to it at all? I listened to the first episode. There's a lot of acting in that. I can always hear the air quotes. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's, that seemed a lot more natural than this did. Yeah. Um, but it might have been the production and like it's sort of scattered nature of it. Yeah, so it's, it's in my queue. I'm going to give that a listen to just to kind of compare and contrast. But it just, I'm just a little bit baffled as to like they can't find people to voice act. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it just maybe... Like I really... Mm, as I said, I was confused as to like, oh, maybe it's deliberately terrible, but it just made me feel so uncomfortable and like, oh, this is really unpleasant to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> that just totally took me out of the story and was like, oh my God, make this be over. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> Rabbits, interesting premise. Uh, I might listen to another. Yeah, I might listen to the second episode to see how it goes, but... Yeah, because I mean, like, the sound design is quite nice. Like, when she's described... I mean, I can't decide if I liked it or not. Like one, there's like one example where she's like describing stuff that's happening, all that stuff that happened, and then it's like really low in the bed track. There's sort of like sound effects, like she describes as uh, the person she was looking for was in a car crash, and you sort of get like a very like some police radio chatter kind of fades in and out, and it was like, oh, that's kind of nice, just to like give it a little more atmosphere. But uh, I can't get past this acting. Yeah, the acting is pretty bad. Um, but. I think the premise is really good. I wish there were more shows like it. Um, so maybe maybe I'll listen to Homecoming again because that was pretty. I was I didn't notice any faulties in acting for that show. Yeah, there was a what was that very popular show last year uh, that Panoply did with GE, um, a life a night shift or something like that. Mm, night watch. Oh, the message. The message. Yep. Yeah. I think that might be another one to check out because that was pretty dang popular also sort of like a single podcaster asking questions and trying to solve a mystery yeah 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 because shows like um alice isn't dead i feel like i didn't have issues with the acting then i just had issues with the story (laughs) uh season two by the way is out now Mm. so Is there a pug in here? <laughs> so, rabbits, what are we saying? Uh, maybe give it a... Uh, yeah, I, I think if you're really interested in the story, it might carry you across. Yeah. Um, but unless you're really interested in the story and you haven't really heard this type of story before on a podcast format, then give it a listen. Listen to the first episode and see what you think of the acting. If it doesn't bother you, then kudos. Yes. <laughs> All right, man, we've kind of long show. Long show. So we're at 40 minutes. Oof. Yeah. Oh boy. Do you have any little, uh, little treats for the end? Um, I want to talk about toothpaste tube design. Which is safe. <laughs> been really bothering me about toothpaste tubes. Yeah, because they don't stand on their own. <sighs> I don't know why Unless... it's suddenly been bothering me a lot. <laughs> But you know you're only going to have one hand. Like, you're, imagine the toothpaste tube designer. Mm. Like, you know the person using this is only going to have one hand available. Well, That's what you designed? Sometimes, thing? <laughs> sometimes they have that flick top. Sometimes they do have a flick top. That's true. Yeah. But is that really... Uh, but then you need to, like, squeeze with one hand from the middle. This is just a, quite a bad design. They do have toothpaste dispensers. 
Mm, I should hope so. But like, why is this not more popular? Why can't I buy a liquid hand soap container filled why? with toothpaste that I can do that? Like, it's the same reason Sky Mall is now bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think it is. <laughs> no, it is. It is the reason. Oh, wait, what? Hang on, I don't follow the logic. Same reason. It's, what? <laughs> it's because people will think it is useful. Yes. But in the long term, not that many care. people are actually going to buy it or they don't care. <sighs> yeah, you're right. Now, but now we have... Um, Kickstarter, so that's fine. Yeah, right. Kickstart this, industrial designers. If you're listening to this, I suppose it's, maybe it's just like it's the big toothpaste companies. They don't care. Like if you over squirt, they're like, great. Now you have to buy more. Here you go. It's actually like a soap. Dis- you can put any tube of toothpaste on the top. Holy shit! And then you. Oh my god! It's on Amazon. You push your toothbrush onto the lever, and it'll like. <laughs> and this like craps out a little bit of toothpaste <laughs> oh my god okay this is kind of amazing i mean maybe for science i'm gonna try this but how much is it before i it's probably like 20 bucks 10.99 mm. free one day delivery <laughs> but you're gonna have to have that stupid looking thing on your wall but who be laughing now when i'm just like <laughs> Poking my toothbrush at a wall holder and delightful toothpaste comes spewing out. Mm. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> Do we have uh, an expenses system for this show? Can I expense this? You totally can. <laughs> Just use your own credit card. <laughs> it's not going to come. It's not going to go anywhere, but I'm sure you can expense it. <laughs> Maybe this is part of my transition into a curmudgeonly middle-aged man. This is it. It starts with this. Soon you're going to get the clapper. <laughs> Not the clap. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have a problem? You love, you love your current toothpaste situation? Well, I mean, I've been doing it for 39 years now. Well, no, that's... I, haven't, I wasn't brushing <laughs> right. my teeth when I was one. It's, it's like five seconds. Right? I think the problem is that I've started thinking about it now, and now I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, would this be easier? Would you like pumping yeah. something with the other hand? Yeah. You're still using two hands. Well, that's fine. Because oh. toothpaste, you need three hands, right? <laughs> right. Like the fact that you have to unscrew, unscrew. the top. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> this is a brain worm. This is going to start fucking you now. Now I want a dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> Just, mm. Yeah, hand soap, dispenser, but with toothpaste. That's all, that's all I'm asking. We've talked about this enough. <laughs> Okay, I have a meeting to go to. Me too. All right, let's do actual work. I may have come across... Too much coffee.